Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome to your home for football and fantasy football where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. It's divisional playoff weekend, guys. And welcome back to the process. It's your boy, Ralph Lark. I'm your host. Excited to be coming to you again. Off the heels of an exciting wildcard weekend. We had some quite a few upsets. I think the biggest thing that we talked about here that worked out was the DK Metcalf pick. Um, but there were a lot of surprises. You know, when you think about the Vikings, you know, overcoming the Saints. And we had even, you know, that's something that was a little less surprising to us here. If you listen to the podcast, we talked about are they pretenders and gave some reasons about that. So some interesting stuff there, vindication this week. Um, And on the other end of things, though, the Patriots end up losing to the uh, Tennessee Titans. Um, Not something that uh, I had anticipated for sure. And then uh, the Houston-Buffalo game, we had Buffalo picked in that. They're up 16-0, and they end up dropping that game too. So some interesting outcomes there, and we move on to an exciting weekend for the divisional weekend of football. And it's just a great time of year. We're inching closer and closer to you know, the big game and figuring out who these teams really are. So, you know, not again, not going to be talking a whole bunch of numbers and stuff like that with you, but just really taking the whole of what we've seen all year using our brains. You know what I mean? Just analytically thinking about some things and, you know, doing things like going back and reviewing game footage. Surely, like everybody else, I went back and I looked at game footage from week six when these teams, um, you know, in terms of like Houston and the Chiefs when they you know battled and things like that to be ready but um, ultimately just gonna take the whole of the year into consideration and give you some common sense picks you know um, not gonna do a DFS format this week um, because we'll just talk through some of those players when we talk about the games it's pretty obvious and at this point when you guys get this um, the first game on Saturday will be already ran through um, I haven't even turned it on yet so I'm not sure but We'll go through that one, too. I got some real good ideas about this Minnesota-San Francisco game. So there you have it. That's how we'll spend our time today. And again, if you are if you are a repeat offender, oh, we appreciate you. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, this format's a little different because we're on to the playoffs and things like that. But so much of what we do here revolves around fantasy football, um, as we say in the beginning. And so if you're new, you know, we invite you back next year, so to say. So we, we're going to get you ready from pre-draft season all the way up through week one and beyond, right? So that's the thing is you want to trust the process. You want to start from the beginning. I really start getting you ready to draft the right team, right? It all starts in the beginning and we cruise from there. So this is a great time to join if you're new. There's a couple different ways that you can listen to this podcast. Um you can find this at www.tigerbombsae.com. The Tiger Bomb website has the process and the baseball podcast, Heart of the Order, other stuff there. But you can click on the process page. The podcast will pop right up. You can listen to us there. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can also find us. So it's like Spotify, iTunes, um, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, you know, 
iHeartRadio. Just search for us by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, and it'll pop up. Now, if you are a you know social media type person, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and you can find us in the same way. It's at the process T B S A E. So that's whether you're on Facebook or Twitter, just search at the process T B S A E. And as always, we invite you Tiger Bombers to email us if you need to. The process at TigerBombSAE.com. All right, that's the important stuff. So, you know, let's just cruise right into the games and talk about this stuff. Um, the first game is, as we were saying, is the Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. Talked a lot about the Saints last week and their inability to, you know, get the job done in the end. Always coming down to the one play. They want to say they were robbed. And what do we have here? Right. Same sort of a deal. The Vikings played them well. Um, they were able to score when they needed to. And defensively, they did a real good job against um, a real good offense. So those are some things they had going for them. Now they advance to San Francisco. And a lot of people want to write this off and just say, you know, San Fran. But, you know, this is what teams do. You get in the playoffs, you get hot. And we don't want to discredit the win against the Saints just because we had some suspicions about them. They did what they had to do, and that defense showed up. And so I'm willing to believe that the defense is going to have another great showing or another formidable showing, you know, for this game. I'm really interested in how they can keep um, Minnesota in this ball game. On well, let's start with the Minnesota side. So Cousins playing with a lot of confidence right now. You heard him in the presser after the game, you know. A lot of moxie on this kid right now. And so he's feeling really good about himself. Um, but I, I do think they're going to give him some problems in the secondary. It's going to be one of those games where he's like not too, too productive. And they're going to have to keep balancing it out with the run. Even if it's not particularly going well, you want to keep the Niners honest. And so you're going to have to run the ball a little bit. Um, <clears throat> Thielen, I think, is probably going to have a tougher day. He'll probably be shadowed by Sherman on the slot in there. And so I'd be looking for digs on the outside. I think that is probably the better route for Minnesota to go. Um, again, Cook, you know, don't know how effective he's going to be, but if he can, you know, catch some passes as well, that can add to his value. Um, and again, digs over Thielen. Tight end wise, I wouldn't be looking for Kyle Rudolph so much. Niners cover the tight end pretty well, so I'm not invested there. But the defense, Viking defense, I do think that they're going to show better than what people think. People think that the Niners are just going to roll them, and I just don't think that that's going to be the case. I do think they're going to show up to play. On the other side of things, for the San Francisco 49ers, I'm wondering if the moment would be, like, this all seems too easy for the moment to be too big for Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to, I don't have any suspicions. I'm not saying he doesn't have it. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying, like, they don't have playoff experience, and that does count for something, right? Kirk Cousins has a lot of playoff experience, at least, compared to Garoppolo. So my concern, if I'm a Niner fan, would be that, you know, the gravity of the moment gets to them because there's so many young players. We know there's going to be growing pains in those scenarios, you know what I mean? And that's expected and it's not to excuse it but it's just like you can live with it you know because it is what it is there's no experience there you gotta wonder if when it comes down to it will they be able to you know not be affected by the moment and do what they need to do to get to the championship game garoppolo i think is going to have 
you know, it's interesting because I, the suspicions that they're just going to pass all over um, Minnesota because Xavier Rose and company, they haven't been great. And so, you know, people are thinking, you know, they'll be able to get something going between Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders. But they've played well in the last couple of games. And that's what I'm interested in. Not the other whole bunch of games that ultimately, you know, don't matter at this point. Where have they been trending like? And so I think that they're going to show up. They're not going to embarrass themselves. Um, and I think they're going to keep it tight. Garoppolo is not going to have as much room as I think that they that he believes he's going to have. But he will be looking for Kittle. Um, they do play the tight end well, Minnesota. But Kittle is Kittle. So, you know, they're going to force the issue there with their big weapon. And maybe that opens things back up on the outside. Of the two, I like Debo Samuel more than... Emmanuel Sanders because I expect Xavier Rhodes to work with Emmanuel Sanders and I expect him to do a decent job defensively um, Minnesota I think the Niners are going to keep it close too they're not going to I don't think blow things out of proportion the, the Vikings aren't going to score a bunch of points I don't think but this should be a close one <laughs> sorry now, in the end, I'm going to go ahead and say I do think that this is a game that I'm going to go ahead and pick the Vikings. I think that they can win this one. I think that in the end, Zimmer is going to call a good game. They're going to make a lot of the good decisions. They're going to keep themselves involved. And I don't think the Niners have enough playoff experience. And it's just set up for these boys to just keep rolling right here, man. Just keep on rolling. So, I mean, that's, that's what I got. I, I got the Minnesota Vikings in this one. All right, our next game is the uh, Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens, and should be an interesting game. But I think you know Baltimore in this one. I do think that they should have the ability to contend with Henry. He's a beast. Even when you expect him coming, he's a beast. I get it. But the Baltimore defense is a little different than the new. You know, like I feel like. You know, they, like New England, can be a little bit more susceptible to the run than they can in the pass. And if I am Tennessee, you know they're going to force the issue and try to run it a lot, right? So they're going to have to make these tackles, and they're going to have to sell out to stop the run. But I do think that they can do it. More importantly, Baltimore is a quick-strike offense. They are potent. And the things that they do well, I don't think Tennessee necessarily may have an answer for. And so the way that Tennessee wants to play the game, I think will become irrelevant if they need to play keep up. So that, in my eyes, is the way the Ravens get them away from running Travis Henry. Because I don't necessarily think that's something that the Ravens are going to do to make them stop running Henry. But if you force the issue offensively, it takes the game script away from him. And I think that's the path to victory in this one when you look at Baltimore. Guys, I'm sorry to keep blowing my nose. It's like my allergies are crazy. But anyways, yeah, this should be an interesting one tonight. Because that's because when you look at it then in that scenario, then it comes back to Tannehill to make these plays. And I don't think he's going to be able to do that, especially when the scenario is that 
you know, he can't do it off the play action because remember in this scenario, they're running from behind and it's not really realistic to run play action because we know you're not going to run because you're trying to play catch up. So it really defeats the purpose of it, right? So if you do that, I would just rush you, right? To make up for the fact that you're taking extra time to fake it. So, you know, this is just not a good matchup for Tennessee. Um, and I think they're going to have their hands full. Um, Tannehill is going to struggle, I think. Run game-wise, like I said, Henry, I think, is going to get game scripted out of it. Wide receiver-wise, Brown, I think, you know, he was so quiet last game, one catch. I think he's going to be real quiet again this game. Not interested in John New Smith. And I think defensively, Tennessee's going to get overwhelmed a little bit. It may not happen right away, but I think eventually they're going to get overwhelmed. On the Baltimore side of things, they're just, you know, such a hot football team right now. And Lamar does so many things so, you know, well. You know, one of the things that, one of the ways to beat the Tennessee defense is running it, and particularly the style of offense that the Ravens have, I think they're going to have a lot of problems with this. So if Ingram plays, you know, he should do well, but not enough to justify his price in the DFS world. Um, Gus Edwards may get some run too. Whoever is there should be sufficient enough as a two to the punch, to the one punch of Lamar Jackson, who I think can get the job done here today. I like Mark Andrews at tight end as his primary receiver. So I'd be fading Marquise Brown. I know a lot of people are interested in that. And Tennessee can be beat over the top. And I do think that they're going to force the issue. However, a more sure thing, Mark Andrews, in my opinion. Especially when you look at how bad Tennessee is against the tight ends, too. So that's the money matchup right there. Then secondary, in my opinion, is Brown. So... Baltimore, I think, has this game, though. I don't see a scenario where they end up losing that one. All right, and our next one, it's Houston and Kansas City. Now, as we talked about before, this is the second time these two have faced off. They, you know, week six, they went at it, and, uh, you know, granted, things are a little different. Kansas City's defense is playing a little better than they had you know, at that point in the season. A lot of things can change over the course of a season, but it's a good baseline um, because Houston went into Kansas City and won that game. So, you know, went back, take a look at it. A couple of things, um, you know, kind of stood out to me. And when I referenced that game, And what we can see this weekend, I think that Houston understands that you're going to have to try to um, slow Mahomes down by keeping the ball in your hands. So they're going to have to run it. The game was getting out of their hand in week six. When you think about the fact that it was already 17 points for Kansas City in the first quarter, right? And they were starting to drive for more, right? And then some other things happen, but that's a lot. So, you know, as the game progressed, you know, what happened? Oh, Houston got a few turnovers in their favor. They ran the ball, took their time to run down and dink and dunked a little bit. And that allowed them to sort of not only catch up, but 
also just you know keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. So I think they learned a valuable lesson about that because they know that on the back end he can beat their secondary. These guys have been playing better lately than they have all year, and they've had some you know re- like they picked up guys like Vernon Hargraves down the end, and like these are guys that are like not great cornerbacks, but and these are guys that are not good cornerbacks that they picked up, but. They've added some guys just hoping that they can maintain a little bit of chemistry and try to build on something together. And they have played a little better, but they're not going to be a match for Mahomes. And so, you know, the opportunity persists for Tyrone Hill. Um, They're going to be overwhelmed, right? And so what Houston can do best is just go ahead and try to maintain clock. That's going to be your best bet to keeping this thing close. Um, This is going to be tough, though. Because you're trying to go into Arrowhead twice in one year and beat Mahomes and Reed. So, you know, this is a big thing for Reed this year because I think this is one of his, you know, best teams that he's ever had. You know, he took the, that one Super Bowl team with the Eagles. This team's arguably better than that team. This is probably the best team he's ever had, right? This is the best shot he's had. So, um, it's going to be interesting. Also... Um, you got to consider that in this round, if you go back eight years, the home team is 25 and seven in this round. So got to take care of business right here so that you can keep moving forward. But it should be a, it should be a good one. But I like, OK, so we go through the Houston side. Watson, I think, is um, he's going to have to get rid of the ball. He has a propensity to take sacks. In Kansas City, like we said, the defense is playing a little better. I think the pass rush will be a little better. So he's going to have to get rid of it. Duke Johnson, I think, is in play. I also believe that Carlos Hyde is in play because we know the thing to do against Kansas City is to try to run, right? Run at them. But um, from a game script standpoint, Duke Johnson comes into play because they may have to play catch up or keep up. And so he's the pass catcher, right? And so that's why he's so um, viable here. Um, wide receiver wise, you know, Hopkins is going to get his. He always does. The last game he played against them, you know, he was good. And, you know, he caught the first down catch that eventually helped them run the clock out. But it's going to be a scrappy game. Um, but I think that Kansas City understands the path to beating Houston doesn't necessarily have to go through him. He's going to more or less get something. But as long as you can minimize, you know, the big explosive stuff then they know that they can win that game. They also have big explosive stuff too. So if they can't minimize it, they can match it, right? That's why, that's the danger here for Houston. So tight end wise, um, don't know about the um, availability of, you know, Atkins. So Fells may be in play, but, you know, Kansas City a little susceptible to the tight end pass. So whoever's there is going to be in play uh, in in. You know, this is something that we saw last game, too. So we know that Houston is familiar with this aspect of attacking this Kansas City defense. And then defensively, Houston, you know, they have Watt, which is great. But they had him before, too. Their hands are just going to be full. Their hands are going to be full with Mahomes um, and the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been playing better and better to end the season. Um, Mahomes is coming around, and I think he's going to have himself a game, too. So they're going to have to contend with that. Damian Williams coming on strong, just like he did last year. I think he's going to keep that trend going in this one, and he's definitely in play. Houston has all kinds of problems against pass-catching backs and running backs, and so he's in play. He seems like the guy, right? They've sorted things out in that backfield, and it looks like it's pointing to him right now. So 
we can invest there. As I said earlier, Tyreek Hill definitely in play. Um, that's probably the one wide receiver I'm looking at, um, along with Travis Kelsey, because again, it's not about the you know rankings against. Just like with uh, Kittle, these guys just know how to get the job done. So you know, also probably in play. And then the Kansas City defense for sure. I think um, you know they're going to show up and keep this game close. And a part of that is not letting Houston just run, you know, just pass all over them. So. Um, <clears throat> this is a game that I think Kansas City Chiefs win because I just know I, I don't believe that Houston is good enough to go into Arrowhead twice in one year and beat Mahomes and Reed in, in their own home. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one to the Chiefs. Now, the final game for the week is the uh, Seattle Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers. And again, you know, this is an interesting one because the Green Bay team isn't the best team and they can be beat. But ultimately, I think that the way to beat them has to be it's, you know, the secondary is pretty good. They, what they're doing against the pass is OK. So it's on the ground, actually. And that's the weakness for the Seahawks right now. They just have... Um, you know, um, oh man, I keep forget, I always forget their running back's name. It's like you guys know who I'm talking about. He's splitting the time with Marshawn Lynch. Um, they just have those two guys, and you know, it's not sufficient, right? And he's doing all of the. And I, I'm, let me see if I can look this kid's name up real quick. I really should know this off the top of my head. I don't know why I always forget his name here. Let's see. All right. What's this guy's name? Um, oh, let's see if we can. Oh, yeah, go back in there. Homer. That's what we're talking about. Travis Homer. So he takes like most of the, you know, the reps there, running up and down the field and whatnot. And, um, and then on the back end, um, you have Marshawn Lynch getting the goal line rep. So that's the way they're splitting it up. It's just not been effective, though. So I think that Green, this is why I think Green Bay is going to be formidable for Seattle because it's just too much for Russ Wilson, right? He's been doing it all. And he's going to have to keep doing it all. Green Bay is pretty good against the slot. Um, you know, just like philly was so again i don't think this is good for lockett but i think it's good for metcalf again so metcalf will have um you know a decent matchup against king and he should be able to win that a few times it's not going to be like explosive you know big 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 game but it should go in his favor i think and i think that's the route right there to metcalf that's the receiver over lockett again um in the slot but ultimately um Russ Wilson going to have his numbers, going to do his thing. Don't doubt that. You know, maybe Marshawn Lynch gets a goal line touchdown. But other than that, don't see what else he can provide. And I don't think Homer is going to be effective, even though he's going to get a lot of reps and touches. So DFS, if you need him, he's there, like, from that standpoint, if that makes sense to you. 
Um, not looking at tight end. And defensively, I mean, I think Seattle will play well because I think Green Bay is just not a great team. So if you need to, you can pick them DFS-wise too. On the other side of things, Rodgers hasn't been brilliant. And, you know, it's not going to turn around today or this weekend. So I expect him to keep being what he's been. Like, he doesn't have sure weapons. Like, Alan Lazard, we can be invested in from a DFS standpoint. He's um, stood out as a starter over the last couple of weeks of the season. So, from a standpoint of just reps on the field, we can be interested there and invested. But, you know, it's more about Jones. And honestly, I can't get invested in the DFS world at his price because um, Jamal Williams is back. And so, I just, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a little worried that, you know, if I pay all that, he doesn't get all the reps, right? Um, now, I do understand that Green Bay is a smart staff and, you know, some people are just thinking that they're not that stupid. You know, what they were doing before is preservation and now they're just going to run their horse. But I think there's other routes that you can go that don't cost you as much if they're wrong, if that makes sense. So, But when I look at the totality of this game, Green Bay defense, I think, is in play. And ultimately, this is a game I think they win. They're up in Lambeau. Um, should be a fun one. Russ Wilson going back to, you know, Wisconsin since we went to college. So should be a fun one. But I think Green Bay is going to win this game just because the Seahawks, if they had Carson, right, I would say they win this game. But I think that this is one where that, that skill position is going to make the difference. Just Lynch and Homer not going to be able to exploit the weakness of the Green Bay Packers defense. And Green Bay should definitely be able to um, run the football. They'll be able to pass when necessary. Um, Devontae Adams, we really like him. I'm not looking at Jimmy Graham for anything, but definitely Adams is in play. Lazar is in play. Um, and I think that this is a game that Green Bay wins and rolls. So that's kind of how I'm looking at the divisional weekend, the shakeout. Uh, that's what we think is going to happen here. So um, hopefully these, um, you know, concepts uh, hold true and, uh, you know, maybe you guys can make some good DFS picks off this information you got here now. So you know where to find us at the top of the show. We talked about all the places you can catch the podcast. So check it out. Enjoy watching your football this weekend. And then we'll see you back here next weekend for a big championship conference weekend. Remember, guys, this is always your home for football and fantasy football where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Peace. Process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.